Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. In a moment... We'll be resuming our Jack Webb Centennial Celebration, but I do want to acknowledge the recent passing of Hollywood legend Kirk Douglas. He died at the age of 103 on February the 5th. The only reason we're only mentioning this now is that we record uh, Amazing World of Radio well, well, well in advance. But I do want to go ahead and uh, let you know that as soon as we wrap up the Jack Webb Centennial Tribute, we will be doing a brief mini-series uh, tribute to uh, Kirk Douglas the following week. So uh, be sure and listen to that coming up in just a couple weeks. Well, now we're going to turn to Jack Webb's work in public service radio drama once he uh, got to Hollywood. There were actually quite a few programs uh, that uh, were uh, pretty short, uh, but were sponsored by uh, branches of the military or the U.S. government. And one of the most prominent of these is a series that was called Guest Star. Guest Star was a 15-minute radio program that featured uh, music, drama, and an announcement to buy U.S. savings bonds. We're going to play a couple of these episodes today. Both of these are pre-Dragnet episodes. So Jack Webb was not the actual guest star. Uh, but was the male supporting lead. The two episodes we're going to bring you today are from November the 28th of 1948, and the story title is The Road to Yesterday, and then February 27th, 1949, and the title is The Gift of Life. <laughs> The United States Savings Bonds Division presents Guest Star. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Jess Barker introducing another in the series of transcribed feature programs known as Guest Star, brought to you by this station and United States Savings Bonds as a public service. Buy United States Savings Bonds. They're the finest, safest investment you could make to assure yourself of a secure future. Today's guest is that talented star of the stage and screen, Miss Bonita Granville. She will appear in a sketch prepared especially for her appearance on this program. First, however, here's David Rose and the Savings Bonds Orchestra with Mr. Rose's special arrangement of I'll Be Seeing You.
Thank you, David Rose. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our guest star. She is featured in a playlet, The Road to Yesterday, by Harry Lawrence. Here she is, Miss Benita Granville. For thousands of years, the once proud Chicago River flowed eastward toward the sea. Now, murky, sullen, and frustrated, it meanders through the city to an ignominious death in a drainage canal. Many things are fished out of its backward-flowing waters. An empty barrel, a bit of driftwood for kindling, and now and then in the small dark hours of the morning, a human being. I thought it would be painful to die, but it wasn't. Just a cold, clammy feeling for an instant. Then silence. Nothingness. I know how it is to die. All my life I was afraid of death. And just now when it happened, it was nothing. Death is a doorway. Nothing more. A doorway to peace and rest. And yet I, I still think about my life in the other world. I suppose I will just at first. Yes. You were happy there? Sometimes. Oh, yes. Very happy when I was a little girl. And when I was a young lady in high school. The tender years, the kind years. The best years when one is young. And then after I grew up came the cruel years. When I fell in love with Tony. You regret that? Regret it. If I had my life to live over again, it would be just the same. I'd take all the pain and the happiness, the bitter and the sweet that went with loving Tony. You see, I was a chorus girl on Broadway, and he was Tony Delmore of the Park Avenue Delmores. Yes, of course. I know who he was. Then you know that I loved him, really and truly loved him. And you know about that day that, that Mrs. Harrington Delmore, his mother, came to see me. But, Mrs. Delmore, I love Tony. Oh, no, you don't. If you loved him, you'd give him up. But that would hurt him. You see, Tony loves me. Love is a luxury only poor people can afford. I've made great plans for Tony, and I will not have them spoiled. Supposing Tony doesn't fall in with your plans. Supposing he is foolish enough to marry me. Then I'll break it up. Even if it means the ruin of both of you, I will break it up. So, for Tony's sake, I gave him up. Dropped out of his life completely. I went to San Francisco and changed my name to Chickie Dawson. And do you know what Tony thought of all that? A long time later, I found out his mother had lied to him. She told him she had paid me off, bribed me to go away. She did try to bribe me, but I threw the money in her face. That took a lot of courage. I didn't feel so courageous those first few weeks in San Francisco. I nearly died. It was a lot worse than tonight when I really died. Living can often be much harder than dying. I know that now. After San Francisco, I worked a while in a club in Las Vegas. One night a man came in that looked like Tony. It wasn't him, but it gave me a scare. So I quit and went to Hollywood. Maybe Tony wasn't looking for me at all. Oh, yes. 
He still wondered where you were. I'm glad. And I'm sorry, too, for Tony's sake. In Hollywood, I was offered a couple of small parts in pictures. But I couldn't work in pictures because, well, Tony might see me and trace me. Your every thought was still of Tony. Of course. All I had left was my love for Tony. So I just patterned my life around it. Finally, I came here to Chicago. I deliberately worked in the cheap taverns, the skid row dives. The places where Tony would not be apt to come. Yes. But even then, I couldn't be sure. My last place was the Caledonia Inn, just down the street a ways on Madison. I know where it is. I was sitting with another dancer at one of the tables, and a fellow came in that looked like Tony again. Awful much like Tony. So you slipped out the rear door and ran down the alley? Yes. But where could I go? Where could I go that I wouldn't see people that looked like Tony? I was tired, so tired. And there seemed to be Tonys everywhere. I found myself down by the river. I, I didn't really mean to jump in, but when I felt myself going, I didn't try to stop. I know exactly how you felt. It's all over now. But just suppose that was Tony in the club. Suppose he was hunting me. While you're at it, just suppose his mother finally told him the truth. Suppose he started out to find you, still loving you, devotedly. Just suppose. And you can dream that he traced you to San Francisco long after you were gone from there. Oh, no. Suppose that he followed your trail to Las Vegas, then to Hollywood, then to Chicago, a little closer each time. Suppose he came to the Caledonia Club tonight. If he only had. Suppose he saw you slip out and followed you, and he lost you in the darkness. Suppose he hunted frantically in the dark alley and down the dark street, shouting your name. And then suppose just as he gave up hope, he saw you ahead of him. And just as you slipped into the river, he came running, running. And suppose that... Oh, why suppose it's all over now? Yes. It's all over. Open your eyes. It's dark. But I see... Tony. Tony. Are you dead, too? No, my darling. Neither are you. I pulled you out just in time. We'll never have to suppose anymore. Thank you, Benita Granville. We'll have you back in a moment. Now, David Rose and the Savings Bonds Orchestra playing an old Italian air you'll recognize as Chibaba Chibaba. Thank you. 
You know, friends, those of us who appear on these programs are here because we're enthusiastic about United States savings bonds. I recommend them to you because I know of no finer, easier way to make your dreams of the future come true. An education for your children, a home of your own, a retirement fund, whatever your particular dream may be, it's yours if you save for it through the systematic purchase of savings bonds. You know, there's, there's no finer, safer investment in the world today. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Guest Star, a transcribed feature program brought to you each week at this time by this station and United States Savings Bonds as a public service. Our guest today was Miss Benita Granville, to whom we say thanks again for a fine performance. Assisting her in the play were Ann Stone, Jack Webb, and Peter Leeds. Louis Graff directed the play. Music was by David Rose and the Savings Bonds Orchestra. We'll have another star for you next week, so be sure and tune in. Meanwhile, this is Jess Barker saying goodbye with the reminder that savings bonds are a fine investment. Buy them automatically through the payroll savings plan where you work or, if you're self-employed, through the bond-a-month plan where you bank. United States Savings Bonds Division presents Guest Star. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Roger Bowman, your host for Guest Star, a transcribed feature program produced for savings bonds and presented by this station as a public service. For a moment, friends, think of your future, your family's future. Why not plan now to make it a secure future through the regular purchase of the world's finest, safest investment, United States Savings Bonds? Today's guest is that lovely star of motion pictures, Miss Jane Wyatt. She will appear in a sketch written especially for this program, immediately following the opening selection by Harry Sosnick and the Savings Bonds Orchestra, a Sosnick arrangement of Hallelujah.
Thank you, Mr. Sosner. And now, friends, our special guest. She's featured in a short drama by Harry Lawrence, The Gift of Life. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jane Wyatt. I was driving south on Davis Street when this girl hails me. Put my foot on the brake pedal and angled over to the curb. Her hands were shaking and her face was white. She had trouble getting into the cab. What's the matter, lady? Something wrong? Oh, driver. Driver, take me to a hospital. A maternity hospital. Yeah? Which one? Oh, the nearest one. Please. Okay, lady. West Side Maternity. Here we come. Oh, nurse. Nurse? Yes, miss? My baby. Is it a girl or a boy? It's a boy. Oh. May I... May I see him? Not now. Pretty soon. Oh, nurse, I... I want my baby. I want to see my baby. This the room where Doris Munson is? Yes. Are you her husband? No. I'm the cab driver who brought her here. How is she? Oh, she'll be all right. But she's frightened and worried. Ah, no wonder she's worried. She didn't even have cab fare to get here. I paid for this room. I felt kind of sorry for the kid. Does she have any relatives or friends? No, she says she hasn't. Her husband died four or five months ago. She hasn't got anybody. Well, then you'd better tell her. Me? Why should I do it? She likes you. She spoke of you. She says you're the only friend she has. So you tell her. Well, okay. But I'll do it my own way, see? I'm sure your way will be the right way. Go on in. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm sorry I didn't have the cab fare. Ah, forget it, kid. I, I just came to see how you are. I'm all right. But I want to see my baby. Tell them to, to let me see him, please. Uh, look, I want to tell you something, kid. Another lady had a baby about the same time you did, a rich lady. But what has that got to do with my baby? Well, now here's what they told me. This rich lady is very delicate, see? She's frail, and she had her baby, and, well, her baby was born blind. Oh. Oh. Now, she doesn't know it. She's so weak that, well, they're afraid to tell her. When she finds out, the shock might kill her. Oh, how, how terrible. She keeps asking for her baby. She wants to see it. I know. I want to see my baby, too. Yeah. Here's this woman, a sweet, kind lady with all the money in the world. Now, your child... My child? Yes, well, right now, you're not doing so good. Your kid may have a tough time of it till you get back on your feet. Now, if you'd only let her take it for a year or so, just to ease the shock for her. No. You want me to give up my baby? To give it to her? No, no. No, no, not give it to her for keeps, kid. Just loan it to her for a little while. No. Oh, please, I won't listen. It's not fair to ask me to give up my baby even for a little while. 
Well, I know how you feel, but this wealthy lady, she... Oh, this wealthy lady. With all her money, I'm richer than she is. My baby can see, and it's mine. Mine. Nobody can take it from me. Sure, sure. It's your baby, and you're the only one who can decide what to do. Oh, I'll get along somehow. I'll find work. I'll, I'll do anything to keep my baby. Well, if you can, that's fine. But you just ask yourself if maybe you're not being a little selfish in depriving your kid of the things that you may not be able to give him for that first year. Selfish? Could I be called selfish for wanting to keep my own baby? That I wouldn't know. I, I wish you hadn't said that. About me being selfish. Will you... Will you give me five minutes to think it over? Sure, kid. Think it over. Five minutes to make a decision that I'll have to live with all the rest of my life. All right, kid, what's the answer? This this wealthy woman, is she kind and, and gentle? That's what they told me. Young, too. About, oh, maybe a year older than you. Who is she? Well, I didn't say. It's better not to know. And as her son, he'd, he'd have every advantage, wouldn't he? Sure, he would. Care, money, everything. Could I, just, just once in a while, could I see him? No, they say it's easier when you don't. Oh, I, I suppose so. I wonder if his hair is curly like his father's. I wonder if his eyes are blue. I wonder... Oh, you're right. It's, it's better not to know. Please, please tell me. Am I doing the right thing? Believe me, kid, you are. I know you are. If I kept him now... All my life, I'd reproach myself for being selfish. All right. Go on, before I change my mind. Go on, tell them. that now she has two babies. One that is blind, and one that can see. Okay, kid, I'll tell them. But please, please make it plain to them. I'm to have him back in a year. Now, please go now. I don't want you to see me crying. I... I shouldn't cry. For my son's sake, I, I should be happy. Happy, happy. Well, nurse, I, I did it. I told her. Yes, I heard what you told her. She agreed? Yeah, she agreed. She's crying, but she's happy. Because she knows she did the right thing. Now... How long will it take to make that baby see again? One year. Good. Now we'll never have to tell this girl that her baby was the one that was blind. Thank you, Jane Bond. We'll bring you back to our microphone in a few minutes. Now here's Harry Sosnick on a savings bonds orchestra with a famous Ziegfeld Follies hit, A Pretty Girl is Like a Melody.
Thank you, Harris. And now, once again, our guest star, with a message of interest to everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jane Wyatt. For a moment or two, I would like to address myself to the parents in our audience. Those of you who have growing children know just how important it is that they have the finest possible education. In these days of high competition in virtually every field, a youngster starting on his own needs every education advantage. Now, here's a suggestion. While your child is young is the time to start saving for that college tuition. And the very best way I know of to make certain the funds will be available when the time comes is to put those savings into a safe, profitable investment. Obviously, the best such investment is United States savings bonds. They're guaranteed by your government, and they grow in value year in and year out, paying you back $4 at maturity for every $3 of your original investment. So, for the future of your children... Start an education fund now in United States savings bonds. Goodbye, and thank you for having me on your program. You've been listening to the United States Savings Bonds Guest Star Program, a transcribed feature presented by the station each week at this time as a public service. Today it was our good fortune to have the lovely star of motion pictures, Miss Jane Wyatt, as our guest. Assisting her in the drama were Jack Webb and Barbara Fuller. The play was directed by Louis Graff. Harry Sosnick conducted the Savings Bonds Orchestra. Next week, we'll feature another fine star and more good music, so be sure to join us. Meanwhile, this is Roger Bowman saying goodbye with a suggestion that the sure way to save is the automatic way. Buy Savings Bonds automatically through the part payment payroll savings plan where you work, or if you're self-employed, through the bond-a-month plan at your bank. Welcome back. Well, a lot to talk about. Uh, That first story, uh, The Road to Yesterday... You know, I will suspend my disbelief a whole lot to get to a happy ending. But that one was a bit silly, because it set up the premise that she was dead, and you thought she was talking to the angel of death. But instead, it turns out that she was talking to the man she loved, the man she had been pining for, for years. The man she had utterly ruined her life for, and she could not tell who he was. That's a bit silly, and it does kind of pull the rug out from under the uh, audience, and not in a good way. Uh, The other one is one of those, you know, when you think about it, you're like, well, they meant well. And from a certain uh, viewpoint, I can see uh, the logic of wanting to take the child for treatment and figuring that the mother has been through a lot and therefore you're not going to burden her with knowing that the child 
uh, is blind at this point. She's lost her husband, doesn't have a friend in the world. I can see the logic of that. But then at the end when he's like, and she'll never know that her baby was born blind. Like, why not? Why make it complicated? Plus, once it's resolved, there's no secret to keep. Now, I say I do understand the logic. Doesn't mean I necessarily agree, but I at least kind of get where they're coming from. Uh, and now, to be fair to the writers, this is a bit of a challenge because you've got just this really brief uh, bit of time, you know, like five to seven minutes, to tell a story. And you want to tell something that's punchy and memorable. And even though these are not perfect, I do think they, you know, do manage to tell a complete story in that length of time and to have some sense of uh, resolution. And I think Jack Webb does a good job with the material he's given in both of them. Now, as for his co-stars, I think they're fine, maybe a little bit overdramatic in both cases, particularly the first one. Uh, but uh, the the two were uh, actresses who'd had some really big film uh, success, but mostly that was in the past. Uh, Benita Granville had uh, been nominated for an Academy Award in 1937, and what most people remember her for is her Nancy Drew movies. And she also uh, appeared with uh, Betty Davis in Now Voyager. Uh, by 1948, she had actually been married and only made three more pictures after her marriage, uh, but she went on to become uh, associate producer of the TV series Lassie. So she had a pretty successful career. As for Jane Wyatt, she had her success in film in the early half of the 19. 19- uh, 30s, but probably what most people remember her for is playing uh, the mom, Margaret Anderson, on Father Knows Best. So between these three, you know, you have Lassie, Dragnet, and Father Knows Best. You've got some really iconic figures in the uh, early classic television era appearing in these radio programs. The other thing I really wanted to comment on was the music. In particular, uh, in the first episode, David Rose's music, uh, his take on I'll Be Seeing You, that was just absolutely a fantastic arrangement. Uh, because, you know, when the announcer said I'll Be Seeing You, I was not expecting a whole lot. That is just one of those, you know, musical standards that every band leader, you know, every singer, you know, it was in their repertoire in the 1940s, early 50s. Uh, but I think that Rose's uh, arrangement was just absolutely gorgeous. David Rose is a really talented uh, musician. Uh, and if you uh, are interested in hearing more of his music, there is a radio program out there called California uh, melodies, which is nothing uh, but his music, and I highly recommend it. Well, that's actually all for today. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday with a couple more of these programs, uh, this time with Jack Webb in the lead role, and uh, a bit of a difference in tone. I think you'll enjoy those episodes. In the meantime, if you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. 
From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.